Hello. Hola, Marcus. Yeah, this is Marcus. ¿Cuál es tu película de medio favorita? Huh? Uh, tu nombre es Marcus Ronaldo, ¿verdad? I don't speak Spanish. Hey, hijo de puta. Welcome to the Review to Death podcast. I'm Marcus. And I'm Luke. Tonight we are continuing our Scream franchise fracas with Scream 2. Yep, just moving on down the line. Scream 2, once again, directed by the awesome, late, great Wes Craven. And also written by Kevin Williamson, who wrote the first one and, you know, really could take a lot of credit for the first movie, like we talked about last time. Yeah, for sure. I mean, that was a great script. And I would say, for the most part, this is a pretty good script, too. Minus, you know, a few things. Definitely not as good as the first. But it, I, I mean, for the most part, I think it's a, it's a good one. Yeah, so this one being a sequel and the way these screen movies are is being really self-aware of themselves. This one is very sequel heavy. The first one was like a meta commentary on the status of, you know, horror and slasher movies. This is a meta commentary on slasher sequels. And there's a whole, you know, pretty famous actually uh, scene with Randy, you know, one of our survivors from the first movie played by uh, Jamie Kennedy, who's awesome as always. He's like my favorite character talking about sequels, how, you know, there's the body count's got to be higher, how the carnage has to be, you know, amped up a little bit. There's a scene at the beginning of Scream 2 where it's they're all in uh, film school and it's it works as a character introduction for a lot of people. But it's also, you know, the, the big discussion they have about sequels. And it's got Randy talking with one of our new characters named Mickey, played by a very young Timothy Oliphant. Yeah, yeah they're all sitting around and they're all talking about, I guess it's, it's what, it's, it's a film film class? Yeah, right? film, film study class, yeah. Film study class, and they're all talking about what sequels are better than the originals. So again, like this this is, this is gets brought up quite a bit in this movie. And uh, yeah, we get introduced to Mickey, uh, introduced to a couple of other characters. They talked about uh, the ones they the ones they mentioned were aliens being far better than alien the first one which i completely disagree with they're just different movies they're, they're both way different great they're both awesome but they're both very different you really can't compare the two and then they did uh t2 being better than terminator which i do agree with t2 is better it is yes. a better made movie but again they uh, T- terminator one is is not a bad movie when I hear talk about Terminator, but Terminator 1 is definitely more of a horror movie, whereas Terminator 2, just like Aliens, just Alien, is more of an action movie, which hey, they're both directed by the same guy, James Cameron. So that makes sense. So anyway, yeah, you, you get all the old characters back from the first one, except for the ones that died, obviously. But before we even get to this one, we got to talk about the very opening scene before the opening credits. These two new characters that we've never seen before, uh, Maureen, played by Jada Pickett-Smith, and Phil, her boyfriend, played by Omar Epps. Uh, and they're going to the, I'm assuming it's a premiere of the new movie Stab, which is based on the events of what happened in the first movie. So again, we got lots of lots of meta stuff going on here. And it's uh, it's ridiculous. It's like the most rowdy fucking theater I've ever seen ever. Like you wouldn't be able to see the movie because everyone's just fucking around the whole time. They're just like running around, pretend stabbing each other. And everyone's dressed in uh you know, the ghost face costume. It's ridiculous. And as we talked about in the first movie about how the Drew Barrymore character at the beginning of the movie and how she gets killed and you're not prepared for her to get killed because she's such a big name at that time. They do that sort of whole thing again, but it's 
within itself. So like Jada Pinkett Smith is a bigger name at the time. Omar Epps was a bigger name at the time. And to see them first and to see them like killed off in the first five minutes again is another shocker. He's like, ah, they did it again. It's good. It's well done. It's, uh, you know, it's it's funny and it's pretty shocking and, and, and pretty graphic. And the, the use of music is fantastic when everybody in that ridiculous theater figures out that, uh, oh, wow, she's been stabbed for real. And oh, by the way, in the movie that they're watching, Stab, uh, the part of Drew Barrymore is being played by uh, a very young Heather Graham. Who uh, is who... <laughs> also a big name actor, actress at that time. Who's not, you know, she doesn't do that much stuff now but uh back then she was one of the up and comers man this movie uh, this movie's cast is is crazy it's a, it's full of uh man if you were a 90s 80s kid you, you just go down this cast list and be like holy shit i know this person and this person and this person it's well like you I... got nev campbell's in it timothy oliphant's in it jerry o'connell is in it yep rebecca gayhart is in it rebecca gayhart joshua jackson of dawson's creek fame and mighty ducks fame is in it but he's only in that one <laughs> film study class scene at the beginning yeah his, his credit name is literally film student number one <laughs> and the more i think about it it has to be a bit of a joke like he had never intended to be in it they're just like let's throw him in there yeah like he was walking past the studio and fucking someone like just flagged him down uh, yeah it's 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 great i love it i love that he's in there for like literally like two or three lines and he's done if you look at these casts for, you know, these screen movies, they're just full of people that went on to either have big careers or did something with somebody else after, you know, Scream came out. So they rushed. I know what you did last summer to production and to release, which actually was written before Scream and, you know, starring Sarah Michelle Geller. And they got Sarah Michelle Geller for this one, too. He plays the character of Cece and um, she gets uh, what I would say is the closest thing to uh drew barrymore's uh, death scene in the first movie you know when she's she's part of a sorority in this uh ridiculously rich looking neighborhood like every sorority and frat house in this movie is like you know three stories tall and elaborate mansions and uh so she's left alone in uh in this huge ass house while her sisters are out doing whatever and you know she starts getting the the you know the freaky phone calls and uh you know, first the guy says it's her boyfriend, then it turns out he isn't. And then next thing you know, she's getting tossed out of a three-story window. This movie plays fast and loose with its characters. It goes along with the whole sequel thing. You know, like things were supposed to be bigger and more violent. And so it's like they got all the actors for this one just so that they could kill them off pretty quickly. The whole premise of this movie is Sydney from the first movie, played by Nev Campbell, is her dealing with the whole situation that they went through. So she's, you know, got some, you know, legitimate PTSD. Which is, it's, it's handled, you know, in a weird way. I mean, it's, it's, I'm glad they, they didn't just ignore it. Like, Hey, she's just totally fine after what happened in the first movie, because, you know, these are as meta as these movies are, they're still grounded in reality. You know, we're not dealing with like a Freddy Krueger or, or a, you know, a Jason Voorhees, where this is, these are real, real human killers going after, uh, you know, real human targets. And for the most part, it's well done. We're going to go through this thing. We're going to talk about some weird things that we saw and then some things that maybe didn't belong. And then, but we'll start with some of the good things. You know, the gore is back. You know, the stabbings are all pretty gruesome. Yeah, the the attack scenes are, are really well done. Uh, again, you know, it's you have Wes Craven behind the camera and this is still... You know, Wes Craven doing doing good work, and it's it, it's all shot really well. The whole movie is shot really well, and the the stalking, murdering scenes are are great. 
Uh, and uh, nothing to complain about with you know about those scenes at all. And uh, yeah, there's a, there's some really good gore. You know, one of them standouts for me being one of because Sid- Sydney gets a police escort, which because she gets attacked shortly after Cece gets killed, and uh, one of the cops that is escorting. Oh, you talking gets... about the thing through the face? Oh, dude, it's so good. <laughs> oh yeah, this cop this cop gets like a metal pole straight through the face. It is by far the goriest thing in the whole movie. No doubt, and it's done really well, and it looks it looks amazing. And it, uh, yeah, he's... it reminds you it reminds you of those you know those old school movies that Wes Craven and others used to do, where you would see like everything. Yeah, yeah, his old school Wes Craven. That, that's what it kind of a callback to for sure for me. That that was it was great. I loved it. <laughs> and it's almost one of those things where you don't expect to see in these types of movies anymore, because as we mentioned in our last podcast, like Scream revitalized the the slasher genre. You know, when that movie came out, people were saying that the horror movie genre was gone. It was dead. You know, with nothing was new and exciting. And I think people forget that, you know, these Scream movies were so violent because a lot of the movies that came out of this one don't really get to that point. No, they don't. Actually, it's kind of it's kind of funny. Well, I don't know. I guess not because this, this, this is late 90s. Uh, and then once we get into the the early 2000s, the trend for a little while there was to go PG-13 and, and not show uh, stuff. So it's kind of funny how the pendulum swings back and forth. But uh, yeah, these Scream movies, man, they uh, they don't fuck around. Another good thing about Scream 2 is it's it's pretty well acted. You know, everybody's pretty believable. Hey, man, you you get a cast like this together, man. You're, you're going to get a well acted movie. And, and it, it is. Everybody does a great job. And I would say that the the story is generally satisfying. It for sure is. It's just uh, it, it, we talked about this, you know, while watching. It's it's a two hour movie, you guys. It's you know, it's 120 with change minutes, and it doesn't need to be that long. There's uh, there's just too much fat on this movie. You know, if you were to edit out about 20 25 minutes worth of stuff out of this, you would have a fucking kick ass kick ass slasher. It's way too fucking long. It drags ass. And I I found myself losing patience with it just because there's parts of it that just, like Luke said, they don't really belong there. They don't have a place and they're just there. And you know that it's just filler. It's, uh, I don't know how to describe it. It's like they had too much script or the first scream did so well that Wes Craven got a little extra money. And he just they just want to, you know, to put all it all on, put it all on screen. Yeah, it's just just a lot of extra stuff that could have been excised and you, you wouldn't lose anything. For example, the character of, of Hallie. Can we talk about how useless Hallie is real quick? Yeah, I mean, you there's, can, there's characters in this movie that don't belong in the movie. They're just there. And then when they die, you're like, oh, well, I guess. Yeah. And it's with Hallie, it's it's this it's really re- egregious because, you know, she's played by Elise Neal and she's there throughout the entire movie like in the background or, you know, putting in our two cents here and there, but man, she does not contribute to the plot, to the story, nothing. She's another, you know, notch on the kill count. And that's pretty much all she ends up contributing to the movie. It's a lot of stuff like that. Even in the scene that she gets killed in, like she doesn't need to be there. It could have easily just had uh, Sydney's character. Absolutely. Yeah. There's no reason. And when she died, I, I, like shrugged my shoulders <laughs> yeah because it does not do good so yeah there's a lot of throwaway characters that you see it's like and you can and i know what they're trying to do and they were trying to you know just give you more and more and stuff like that but it just became unnecessary i i almost feel like 
because if you look at it, Scream 3 and Scream 4 are both about two hours. And the first movie was about two hours. So I almost feel like they, you know, they had this formula. It's like, all right, we're going to make another Scream movie. It's got to have this, this and that. And it's got to be about two hours long. Yeah, which is unfortunate <laughs> because these movies, especially this one, I, don't, I, I, I have seen parts three and four, but I don't remember anything from them. This one specifically did not need to be two hours long. Uh, like I said before, I, you know, I'm just repeating myself, just an hour and 30 minutes would have been perfect for this movie. And so now on to some of the weird things of this movie. One of them is about Derek, played by Jerry O'Connell, having a full-on like 80s romantic comedy moment in the cafeteria with Sydney. Oh, it's so weird. So Sydney is just recovering from yet another ghost face attack. So this <laughs> so she's <laughs> she's fucking traumatized at this point. Yeah. So her PTSD is like, you know, full front center. And then all they're all sitting in the cafeteria, you know, Mickey and and what is his name? Derek. Yeah, Derek. They're all sitting there talking. And then Derek is part of a fraternity. Okay. And he, I guess he's what he's giving his letters to her, right? As part of like a, some kind of a ritual type thing. Yeah. I didn't, I was never part of a fraternity. The colleges that I went to were not like fraternity colleges. So this is all new to me, but yeah, I guess he gave her his letters, his Greek letters. I also was not part of any fraternities. <laughs> not that any would probably have me anyway, but uh, yeah, that this was just out of left field. He starts singing her, singing to her. Um, oh man, it's the song from from Top Gun. You know, I think I love you. So what am I so afraid of? Yeah, he's doing he's doing that whole thing. But he fucking do it. It you guys, it's like it a goes whole production. It goes on like the whole like the whole crowd starts getting in on it. Like yeah, a guy everyone, like stuffs some bills down his his uh, pants. Everyone's clapping. Uh, <laughs> he's dancing on the tables. Uh, and again, this is like a two three minute scene. I mean, it just goes on and on. And Sydney forgets all about just being nearly murdered. She's like, "Yeah, this is great." And uh, they kiss, and they you know it's it's a sweet moment. And Marcus and I are like, "What just happened?" <laughs> And then the other scene that's pretty weird is Sydney is apparently the lead in a play that her college is putting on. And she has a little chat with the director and then it goes full on into a dress rehearsal. And this play that they are doing, guys, is super fucking weird. This is crazy. This is like the craziest scene in a movie. Yeah. Sydney's like, yeah, she's in this production. I, I didn't catch the name of it. I'm sure someone out there knows what it is everyone's wearing masks it's like this it looks like a very high budget production and there's like a choreographed dance with nev campbell you know being passed around from you know one cast member to the next and they all have knives they look at they're attacking her all of a sudden some of the masks end up turning into you know the the uh, the ghost face masks again this goes on for quite a while there's uh you know lightning and and, and thunder special effects you know while the director looks on and I need uh, you to think like why why would a person in Sydney's circumstance with Sydney's circumstances be doing a play like this if this is exactly what she's afraid of? <laughs> yeah, this is this seems like it's this is like made to bring out her her PTSD and it and it does. It leaves her in tears and you know crying on the on the on the stage. And uh again, it's just this whole subplot of her being in this theater group is again something that didn't need to be in there as you know in my opinion and then finally one last small little weird thing is a, a couple times during the movie they reference back to stab you know like the in movie universe version of the first movie the person who plays 
Sydney character in Stab is Tori Spelling. And the one that plays her boyfriend is played by Luke Wilson. God, I love this. This was great. I had I had got such a kick out of this. So yeah, he's he's playing uh well what what was the what was the guy's Luke Wilson is playing is it is it Billy? Yeah. Billy Billy Loomis. And uh they gave him the Billy Loomis hair, you know, the the the, the skeet old rich hair. The yeah, it, it, <laughs> he's throwing on his best impression. Yeah, and he's he's totally like a stoner surfer dude. Yeah. And, and he, you know, it's basically if you've seen uh Idiocracy, it's kind of like that. <laughs> it's great. <laughs> I uh, I loved it. I loved it so much. It was uh it was just the right amount of that weird shit. That like I'm glad they kept that. <laughs> So give me your final thoughts on Scream 2. I enjoyed it. I still I'm going to recommend it. It's uh it's still a, it's a solid sequel that's just a little bit too long. If you can ignore those uh you know those parts, if you can deal with that, then you're going to have a great time. It has great surprises. It has, it has some great surprise kills. The ending is my thoughts on the ending are it's okay. It's okay. It's not nowhere nowhere near as good as in the first movie, but uh it's it's pretty decent considering that uh, apparently they had to you know, reshoot, rewrite a lot of it because apparently the secret got out. So they did a pretty decent job. Yeah, I, I recommend it. Yeah, it's it's a good movie. It still holds its own. Again, like when we just watched a couple of podcasts ago for My Bloody Valentine, you're like, oh, well, I've seen all this stuff before. And then you realize it's like, yeah, you have because everybody tries to imitate what they saw. So Stream 2 is still in that era. It came out right the year after, like immediately after the first one to where it inspired so much after it. It drags a lot. I found myself now losing a lot of patience with the pacing, but you know, that's me. It's still, it's still well worth watching. It is now time for guess the movie title, the game where one of us picks a movie and gets the other one to guess what it is. It is Luke's turn tonight. I am ready. This 1984 British comedy horror opens up in the year 1975 at Headstone Manor, which is being used as a quote, businessman's weekend retreat and a girl's summer camp. Okay. Yeah. A few minutes into the film, a group of satanic monks enter the house and <laughs> promptly kill yes, 18 sir. people. Probably kill 18 people. Promptly kill 18 people. <laughs> okay. So we got like a men's business retreat, but also a girl's summer camp. Is that what you said? That's what I fucking said. <laughs> and then you got satanic monks that kill 18 people yep yeah right at the beginning of this movie apparently they just okay. they show up and just uh yeah just murder the shit out of 18 people <laughs> 18 specifically all right this one's so, called satanic monks in the countryside Give it to me. <laughs> let's go the review did, no good he got good. it no <laughs> anyway uh so eight years later six scientists come to this house of death to investigate radioactive readings <laughs> Nope. Okay. Uh, Eight years later. Okay. Okay. Yep. Unbeknownst to them, the quote unquote sinister man, a 700 year old satanic priest, prepares a rite nearby to purge the house of, his, of its guests once more. Well, number one, you ready? Yeah. This sinister man is played by none other than horror movie legend Vincent Price. Holy who, shit. Yeah, yeah. Who was 73 when this was released, okay? I'd be it doing also, a Vincent Price impression now if I actually could, but I can't, so I'm not going to do it. I, anyway, <laughs> so, 
So anyway, it also stars a popular English comedian slash radio disc jockey called Kenny Everett and another popular British comedian called Pamela Stevenson. These two were not well known outside of uh, England at the time. So the U.S. cover of this movie, it just features Price. It's just he's front and center, you know, just to sell it. So again, not a very useful, you know, first clue. And unless you're super familiar with Vincent Price's filmography, which is absolutely massive yeah uh, i am not right (laughs) okay number two this is where it gets good this title has two parts the first is an adjective you would use when describing 18 people getting murdered in a short amount of time you know again think of that uh, like a bathroom metaphor something that you would do in a bathroom related to describing this you know horrible scene of of mayhem okay got it okay All right, clue number three, all right? The second part of the title tells you where this massacre happened, which I gave away in the description. So, so, and let me, let me just say, I gave the name of the, of the place. Okay. Right. It's not, it's not Manor. It's not Headstone Manor. Yeah. Okay. Let me think about this because I think it's right on the, right on the fucking tip of my tongue. All right. So you said, so you said something involving the bathroom or something you can do in the bathroom, but also can refer to like, just like a massacre people. Exactly. Like something. Yeah. So think about something that you could do in the bathroom, right? Okay. Uh, it's, it's an act that you would do in the bathroom, but it can also be used to describe uh, a big old scene of murder and, and mayhem. Okay. So massacre, mayhem, bloodbath in the house of death. Fuck. Yes. Dude. yes! You got it. You got it. Fuck you yes. got it, my friend. It's a it's bloodbath at the house of death. At the uh, house of death. Okay. But uh, you you fucking got it, obviously. So, dude, well well done, well fucking done. I watched the, tra- <laughs> dude. I watched the trailer, and uh, here's what I want you to picture. Okay, I want you to picture an early '80s horror slash comedy. That's and you very. Said, and you said British too. Oh yeah. So oh yeah. Yep. No, I I think I know exactly what you mean. Yep. So. Yeah, so picture an early 80s horror comedy that's British and is a full-on parody film a la Airplane or The Naked Gun. So think lots of surreal and slapstick heavy comedy. (laughs) (laughs) It looks ridiculous. I would love to watch this with you. Uh, It has a 5.1 on IMDb. And just by glancing at the reviews is very polarizing it seems like you either like really like this movie or you fucking hate this movie so i definitely recommend you and our uh, listeners check out this trailer bloodbath at the house of death we could do we could do that as a double feature with that other one that i did where pardon me but my teeth are in your neck oh my god that would be great The Review to Death podcast is written and produced by the both of us. We release new episodes on Mondays and Fridays. Thank you to Groove Witness for the use of their music. You can find them at GrooveWitness.us. Check out our written reviews at the link in the description and follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Review to Death. Thanks for listening. And Luke, tell us what's coming up next. Well, coming up next, we're just going to move on down the line with Stream 3. Pretty much all I got. Later, Gators. <laughs> As soon as you said satanic monks, it's just like, you know, these movies that we pick for this segment have a common theme. It's like, here's this, that, and some fucking satanic monks showed up. Take a shot every time satanic monks show up.